The sermon from St. John's Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hancock, Minnesota, of a member of the Wells, from April 17, 2011, based on the Palm Sunday Gospel, Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The word from God through which the Holy Spirit brings us to Jesus. Here today is the Gospel, Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 11. Please listen again to the shouts of the crowd. Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. This is the word of our Lord. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, fellow saints washed clean in the blood of our risen Savior. Look at Jesus as he comes into Jerusalem. See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey, on a colt, the foal of a donkey, the prophet proclaims. Yes, see Jesus, for he is your gentle king. He is your gentle king who has come to save. And that's the theme we want to keep in mind here on this Palm Sunday. Our gentle king comes. To save. He doesn't come riding a, a war horse armed for battle. He comes on a donkey, a beast of burden, and not even his own donkey, but a borrowed one. And he does not come to force himself upon his subjects. He comes in gentleness. Now, what does that mean? He comes in gentleness. Sometimes gentleness means weakness or softness. For example, the classroom was out of control because the teacher was too gentle and not disciplining the teenage boys. That kind of gentleness is is weakness. But Jesus is the King. He is God, the Almighty. There is no weakness in Him. That's not what gentleness means here. And, And sometimes gentleness refers to a person or an animal that's docile that's easily managed and manipulated. For example, that horse was easy to break because it had such a gentle nature. But Jesus is not someone whom we can mold into our own likeness. He isn't like a piece of clay that we can shape as we please. No, that's not the gentleness here either. Rather, dear friends, rather, the gentleness of Jesus here is the gentleness that tenderly invites. He tenderly invites you and me. He doesn't come to force himself upon us. He doesn't come to coerce us into following him. He comes to gently, tenderly invite us. That's why he rode into Jerusalem on that day. He's our gentle king who came to invite. See how that plays out as you look at the events of that Palm Sunday. He does not need to send out the disciples as enforcers to make sure that the people are are showing their support for him, does he? Rather, the crowds simply come and they honor him, laying their cloaks in the road and palm branches cut from the trees as well. They honor him. Not because they're forced to, but because they are moved to. And they lift their voices in praise to him. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. All unforced, uncoerced. How different than a modern Middle East dictator. 
For Jesus is our gentle king. Now keep that in mind when you present Jesus to others. He is the gentle king who tenderly invites. Don't use Jesus like a a stick or a club. Do you think Jesus is happy with what you're doing? Doesn't sound like a tender invitation, does it? Rather, it presents Jesus as someone who wants to guilt us into doing the right thing. It uses Jesus to manipulate others into doing something not out of joyful service, but out of that sense of obligation that grits our teeth and simply mumbles something like, "Ah, I guess I should make Jesus happy. I, for one, don't want that kind of Savior. That is not the gentle king who rode into Jerusalem on a borrowed donkey. And yet, how often doesn't that type of thinking infect our own hearts? As we view Jesus and and think to ourselves, yeah, you know, I I, I should try to make Jesus happy. I, I should go to church. I should pray more. I should be nice to others. I shouldn't gossip. I shouldn't worry. I shouldn't complain. And following Jesus becomes just a bunch of shoulds and shouldn'ts shooting all over Jesus as if he were another lawgiver, forcing, coercing, manipulating us. That's not the gentle king who rode into Jerusalem. It's not the tender invitation that sounds from his lips. We do not need Jesus to give us a list of shoulds and shouldn'ts. And that's not because Jesus is a pushover pretending not to see the bad we do. He's not like a teacher who is so gentle that he loses control and has no discipline. It's not like Jesus is a piece of clay that we can mold his words to mean whatever we want. No. We don't need Jesus to give us a list of shoulds and shouldn'ts because God's law has already done that. And as God's law tells us what we should and shouldn't do, it doesn't do it in the way that says, well... You should do these things because they're a good idea and you should try hard. No. The law says you must do this and you must not do that. It demands obedience. It requires that we follow it without exception, without excuse. And the law is not simply a list of a few dozen or even a few hundred actions like you must go to church, you must pray, you must not compl- uh, you must not curse, you must not call names, and so on. You know, if the law were just a list of actions, even if they were a very long list, then some people, at least some other time, could keep it. But the law aims at our hearts. Do all these things gladly, the law says, from a cheerful heart. And if you don't, you are going to go to hell. That's what the law says. If your neighbor damages your property or gossips about you or even hits you in the face and for a brief moment you want to get back at him or her, you are going to hell, the law says. For you have not loved your neighbor as yourself. If you have had a long, hard day and you're so tired that you become upset with your spouse or if you're a child with your parent then you are going to go to hell, for that is not honoring and loving your spouse. That is not showing love and respect to your parent. That's what the law says. 
And the law goes on and says, and if you start thinking that these things sound a little bit unfair, a little bit beyond you, then you're going to go to hell because you are not fearing and loving God above all. Rather, you are accusing him of being unjust by demanding too much from you. You are uh, assaulting the integrity of the Almighty, your Creator. Yes, that is the law speaking, speaking to you and to me. How damned we are under the law. How hopeless and helpless. For the law has no loopholes. It offers no, it accepts no excuses. Even the attitudes and intentions of our heart, it lays bare. Not to mention the sinful thoughts and motives that lurk there. The law has only one penalty, one verdict, for even the tiniest offense. Damned to hell. Oh, oh yes, the law does graciously promise God's blessing to anyone who keeps all of the law perfectly all of the time. But if anything, that's just salt in the wound because by the time you and I took our first breath, we had already been lawbreakers for nine months as unborn uh, uh, babies, sinful from the moment of our conception. The more our inborn flesh hears God's law, the more it seethes with hatred against God, accusing him of utter unfairness. And yet that just adds to our guilt all the more, doesn't it? How could anyone ever imagine that we could help out in any way making ourselves right to God, right before God? How helpless and hopeless I am. Jesus, save me. I cannot save myself. Jesus, save me. I am lost and condemned without you. Jesus, save me. O oh Lord, save. Please, save. Hosanna. Well, you see, that's what that word means, dear friends. Hosanna means, please, save. And as Jesus rode into Jerusalem on that borrowed donkey that first Palm Sunday. That's what he came to do. As your gentle king, he came to save. To save you and me. Yes, he came to take that burden of guilt off of us. For he calls out to you and me. Our gentle king calls out to us from his word and sacrament and he says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. There we have that word again. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Yes, Jesus may have been riding that donkey, that beast of burden into Jerusalem, but he, he was carrying the real burden, our burden. All that law-breaking, all that guilt, all that resentment against God for demanding so much from us, all your sin and guilt, Jesus carried for you. He is the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. He takes away your guilt. For he is your gentle King who came to save. That's why he came into Jerusalem. For he had lifted that full burden of guilt off of your back and carried it himself in your place. He came to Jerusalem to nail your burden to the cross. 
to appease the justice of God's law by suffering your punishment, to wash your record clean with his blood, to, be, to redeem you, to ransom you as his own people, no longer under the law's condemnation, but his own blood-bought people. What a gentle king he is, for he has come to save. Is it any wonder that the common service, the liturgy on page 15, echoes this, these Palm Sunday hosannas as we prepare for the Lord's Supper? Uh, Jesus came into Jerusalem on that first Palm Sunday to offer his real body and his real blood to save us. In the Lord's Supper, he brings us his real body to eat and his real blood to drink to assure us and to give to us that salvation he has won for us back there on the cross. All who come to his table in faith, trusting his body and blood, believing that the body they eat and the blood they drink brings them the full and free forgiveness they desperately need. All they who come in faith surely have the salvation Jesus won for them. What a gentle king he still is. What a great salvation he still brings. Like Salve and, and, and soft gauze on a wound. Jesus heals the guilty conscience that has been rubbed raw by the demands of God's law. He is our gentle king. And like a soft pillow for our weary heads, he brings us that peace and rest that can come from nowhere else, for he alone has lifted that burden from our back. That he has done for us what all the labors of our hands could never have earned for us. He is our gentle king who has come to save. What else would we do but follow him? How else can we express our, our joy to him than to serve him? What better way to show him our thanks than to honor him as our God and Savior? He is our gentle king. This isn't about a bunch of shoulds and shouldn'ts. Rather, when we know Jesus, our king, such joy and service come not because we feel that we should be doing it, but because we love him who came to Jerusalem for us, carrying our burden, winning our salvation. Think of the service those two disciples gave as Jesus sent them to fetch the donkey and its colt for him. I doubt that they understood why Jesus wanted to ride that day, but they gladly obeyed their Lord. And so also, we may not always understand why God commands this and forbids that. But when we know our gentle king, such joyful service comes because we know how much he has done for us. Then our new self that he has created in us, our new self does not listen to the resentment and the the excuses from our old flesh, 
Rather, in our new self, we delight in God's law. Yes, we delight that God's law has been given to us so that we may serve our king, our gentle king, by obeying his voice. What a gentle king he is to accept such service from us. And and think also of how Jesus was honored on that first Palm Sunday. The disciples laid their cloaks on the donkey to honor him. The people laid their cloaks in the road and they cut palm branches to lay before their king as well. And even though our king holds the universe in his hands, he graciously accepts from us our time, our talents, and our treasures that we lay before him as our king. And that's not just something we do in church, is it? But we honor him every day of our lives as we use our time, talents, and treasures to glorify him in our homes, in our school and workplace, in our community and country, as well as in our church. For we honor him as we use what he has given us to glorify him in whatever the various roles of life are that he has given to us. What a gentle king he is. Yes, your king comes. Your gentle king comes to save you. Amen. Please stand. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.